You're listening to an ACA podcast. I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much, Lauren, for an incredible, incredible performance. Um, I think we're all trying to... Thank you. Um, thank you. ...gather our thoughts. Uh, it was powerful, mesmerising, um, and we really appreciate you allowing us to be part of your working through this and using us in this space. Um, I also want to say um, I have actually followed your work for quite some time. So when Joel rang me and asked if I would like to be part of a conversation and he started to tell me about your work, I was like, no, actually, I've, I know of Lauren. I think I read your piece about the smart home setup maybe back in about 2018. Uh, and I tried to enter as a participant but being based in Melbourne was a little tricky. Um, but I loved that idea of relinquishing control, and that seems to be something that comes up a lot, and you talk about that being really freeing. Uh, and I want to talk to you about that. But also, I was so excited at the start of this performance when you talked about the online dating and GitHub, because I also remember that project, but hadn't connected that that was you. So. Um, yeah, obviously, um, having a bit of a fangirl moment, actually. <laughs> um, so, can we talk about that idea of control in your work? And I think that when we think about like um, technology and its possible potential for controlling us, we often talk about it in very dystopic views. But you talk about it in kind of a lightness and a freedom. Mm. Yeah, that's a question I could talk about for <laughs> uh, years, like, apparently. Um, yeah, I think I always feel some tension between like wanting to relinquish control or have it taken from me, but um, there, it, there's another side to it, which is, yes, I'm, I'm giving up a lot of control in some of these projects, but I'm also kind of the, the maker of the project, so I'm a little bit of the puppet master. <laughs> um, so it's a little, uh, uh, there's the conflict there. And then I think one of the things that was so hard about this project was that uh, it was totally out of my control. You can't, you know, force someone else to let you have their baby. You can't force the baby into the world, really. Like, and I think that those are themes that came up so many times in this project. Like the research for this was talking to so many different people and hearing their experiences, and that was one of the things that I just found fascinating was the way that it's like we we want to have control, or we think maybe if we have more information, or we um, can control the process a little bit more, it might come out the way that we want. But ultimately, it it is out of our hands. It's someone else's life. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, so that's always a theme that like I'm kind of wrestling with in my work in different ways, and um, I, I think a lot of times the kind of lines of control cross and blur, and I'm interested in those moments, and then thinking about our relationship with technology, I think there's sort of a parallel there. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about those boundaries then, what are, because that's another thing that strikes me about your work, is that it's, you say it's grappling with where those boundaries are. With this particular project, where did you imagine the ethical boundaries were going to be, and where did you encounter them? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'll answer. Um, 
I, I mean, I thought probably as many people did when they saw that early film that like this is ethically very problematic. It can't happen. It's impossible. Um, and so, but I, I just couldn't stop thinking about this idea. And um, because it wouldn't leave me, it felt like the only way out of it was through it. Um, and so then I guess I, it became a process of just like taking these steps and seeing where, where the boundaries were. Um, I think in working with Dorothy, that's where it, it became the, where, where we thought about that the most. Um, because there are all these other parts that are more research-based or talking with other people about their experiences. And then we're, when we're having this relationship with each other, yeah, those questions came up. And I think they went both ways. You know, Dorothy's asking, like, what does it mean for me to monitor you or control you? And when does that become unethical? And I'm asking, like, what does it mean to involve you and your baby <laughs> in this project? And um, I think that's another thing that I'm always, like, for me, there's a very, very thin line between my art practice and my life. Um, and that feels comfortable for me, but I try to have, when, it, when I'm interacting with other people, I try to maintain those boundaries because I'm aware not everyone wants like their life to slide into an art project and chaos to unfold. Um, but Dorothy was coming in closer than anyone had before and she understood the stakes, I think, but it still was, you know, how much can you, you can never 100% know where another person is at or how they feel and vice versa. And so I think that's part of what I was trying to communicate, especially when we were so virtual. It was like, you think that you're kind of online together, but are you and to, to what extent? So yeah, in terms of the ethics, it was, it was really that. So it was like ethics around, um, you know, reproduction and reproductive rights and surrogacy and all those sorts of questions that came up at learning about the different processes, but also the ethics of just um, what is fair to do within an art project? Um, what is fair to do within a relationship? What, how, how do, what if two of you really do want to test the limits? How do you keep checking in and finding that consent and um, making sure that you have it? There's so many risks in that project that like you're talking about. So were you, you mentioned somehow about like the, the dialogue between you at the end. It sounds like there was some uncertainty sometimes between both of you because of that distance as to how far into the thought experiment you had both gone into, and I guess like whether the mind and the body can tell it's a thought experiment versus a real, a real um, experience. Um, what is it to pull back from that thought process at this point in time? Um, it, when this project was happening, it really just felt like, uh, like for the longest time I was trying to get my head around it or get my arms around it or figure out how to do it and I kept failing. <laughs> I just couldn't. And I tried to quit it and I kept failing at that and then I thought maybe I could quit being an artist and that would be an escape and um, I realized I couldn't do that either. So uh, at some point I just kind of like uh, just gave up and said like okay this is just happening. It's just a, it's kind of like if someone you know a friend 
just drops off their cat one day and says like you have to take care of this now and disappears and it's like you so it kind of felt like that um, and I didn't know when it would end <laughs> um, but I just you know lived with it for a while and so I think now presenting and like the, so the project has taken a lot of different forms and you know I think of these different videos as different pieces um, but being able to present it in a form like this where I'm kind of telling some of that story definitely for me feels like I'm okay I'm at a place where I'm able to look at something that I'm not just right in the middle of it um, and so I I don't think I have feelings about what what that is or how how it feels yet but it, it's a little bit of relief um, and yeah I, I think that's that's the process and maybe it's similar. I kept finding these metaphors to stories people were telling me about having kids or going through those journeys or trying to or negotiating. Um, and I think it's not to say that it's the same, but I could, I kind of drew some comfort from hearing people tell me about the way that they had sort of struggled with things or moved through things or um, just this idea that it's a process. That's why I kept, hearing that's like not something you're going to understand while it's happening and um yeah i think that that was very true of this work and i hope also that like some of the humor of it comes through too because at times i'm just like like what the fuck are you doing lauren like are you <laughs> can you nobody in the world has this problem of this project except you you did this entirely to yourself and you now you can't escape it um, <laughs> so i like hoping that um the piece doesn't feel like too heavy that there's also some of that like just absurdity in it too yeah uh, i felt that there was like this jewel or kind of parallel narratives of the absurdity sometimes of our expectations of technology and the way it glitches, but also the absurdity of the unpredictability of the body. Do you think about those two in relation? Yeah. Um, well, I think of technology so much as like us trying to um, impose some kind of control or framework or uh, structure onto something that ultimately is, we're, we're not in control of our, you know, our entire environments or even our, our bodies necessarily. Um, so I think they feel, I think it feels very different to me that, um, you know, if we're thinking about our relationship to our bodies, it's, it is sort of about like listening and, um, connecting and, and letting happen what's happening and being present for that. And I think a lot of times I feel that our relationship to, to technology is almost taking us in the opposite direction. And it's not every technology, but um, yeah. Uh, can you talk a bit more about the Project Lauren that preceded this and maybe about the relationships that you had with the participants in that project? Um, yeah, uh, so I, I guess every performance is really different and it was one-on-one -on -one, um, or one, you know, the group of people. Um, so, but I think it, it, it was basically setting up at these different contexts where we could have this kind of like micro relationship. 
Um, and it's basically like making a situation where we're just like shifting the rules a little bit and then because we're both in this kind of awkward, uncomfortable space, um, maybe there's a space there for something new to emerge because we're not just like in the pattern of, uh, we're in the everyday but the everyday pattern has been broken a little bit. And then of course there are these layers of, of surveillance, of control, of, of watching, um, that kind of go both ways. So, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like everyone just listened to me talk for a really long time and I would really love to hear, I don't know if other people have things that they want to, like reactions or questions yeah. or, or I, I'm also excited about anything you have to share, but I'm, I'm just like really mindful that I've just been like talking for a really long time. You have, true. Um, no, it would be great actually to invite the audience to share their reactions and thoughts if anyone wants to be brave. I'll, I'll do that, sorry, I'll take that. Thank you. Um, so, I want to start where the interviewer also started. What did this project or these projects teach you about trust? Thank you for the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think, you know, th there's the part of the, I guess my hope with the performance is that it's, you know, a story of, um, that I personally went through, but it's, it's, the hope is that it can open up space for people to kind of like have their own experience and reflect on their own experiences. And the work of this piece was really talking with a lot of people and, and having the, privilege of them kind of sharing those with me. Um, and so I think when you, when you mentioned trust, like that's sort of the first thing that came up. Of course, there's the trust of, um, you know, in, engaging with, in a relationship or trusting a process or, um, you know, trusting family, all, like these different layers. But I think what was really present in um, this work was the way that I found people would kind of trust me or I would trust them in like sharing these things that we don't always talk about. And I, I think I was, I started this project because it felt so um, uh, like the questions were so impossible, some of them to answer when you're thinking about whether to have a child and how to do that. And you know, for some people it's very easy and for some people it's very, very difficult or impossible. Um, but even, you know, j just that whole process there, just like impossible question after impossible question that comes up that you have to answer. Uh, and so that's like a very personal thing for a lot of people. And to find a space where I'd be like in my studio and people would be sharing those with me or people would come to a performance like this and maybe not share with me, but tell, you know, tell me like, oh, I had this really intense conversation with my friend driving home where we talked about some of this stuff. Um, that's sort of, that was really exciting for me. And so I think about that, like, what is the trust in, in the space that we're holding with each other? Yeah. Are there other questions or also reactions? I'd love yeah, to just reactions hear thoughts. and thanks. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Uh, I really, um, I loved your response to questions. This is more of a statement. I've learned not to ask you a question. Because um, uh, I, I, it was, um, 
for me, I felt like the space you were in was such an unknown space for you, and it was in such an unknown time over the pandemic. And so there's a whole lot of vulnerability that you're sitting within, and it's kind of a serious space. And so for you to undercut that by saying, yeah, great question, and leave it at that, like, it's also like, a, who are we to ask you a question? You have laid yourself bare with such vulnerability, and yet we want more? Like, it seems so much of the way society, what society asks of artists, everything and more. And I really loved the way you, that was your limit. You just went, great question. And so I'm just, yeah, thanking you for that space. <laughs> Thank you for that statement. Yeah, and I, I think it also came out of, as I was doing the work, like I felt so worried about getting it right or people would have questions and I would feel like very defensive like oh I've thought about that question I have an answer even though I didn't and so it finally it was kind of just like I don't I don't have the answer. Um, thank you I'm blown away uh, I'm curious to hear a bit more I suppose about your thinking around I'm an artist myself and like reflecting on the time of the pandemic always seems like a very strange thing to do because it's like seems so different from other sort of time and sometimes works you've made during the pandemic you're like is what connection does this have to the time before and after so um, I was really interested in the fact that your work kind of like traversed this and I'd just be interested in yeah you're thinking around like how to you know, because sometimes there's this sort of sense you're like, oh, we'll just like put this all in the bin, like that doesn't affect our life forevermore. But obviously people, you know, like I know like rates of like um, people accessing IVF went up like during the pandemic, for example, because everyone was suddenly extremely concerned about mortality and, and control. It was the one thing you could control, I suppose, egg freezing and that sort of thing. Yeah, so anyway, I'm just curious to hear about like how you thought about like in drawing this like long story, connecting all these different pieces, like in incorporating the time of the pandemic. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> it was a really good question. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think it's like just I'm always just making things like I said in the beginning, like about what confuses me. So I made a lot of really fast projects during the pandemic because I was very confused um, while I was making this longer project about this thing I couldn't figure out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, sometimes I'm hesitant, like do we really wanna go there right now? Um, but I think that it's also feels difficult for me to just say like, oh, that, that happened, okay, come put it in a compartment and forget it. Like I know that um, like last night at dinner, we were talking about the pandemic and I was kind of like, I can't right now. Um, so I get that feeling, but at the same time, I think, but how do we process that? That was like really intense and difficult for a lot of people, except for the people that had like a great time. But <laughs> like for most people, it was very difficult. Um, and I don't know, you know, everyone processes in their own way. So um, I guess this is mine. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, yeah. To not include it. This, I mean, this piece was very, like, one thing that happened was that some of the earlier works, like the, the smart home thing, for example, the Lauren piece, I would kind of, like, sit down and figure out the idea and then make it. And the performance, I didn't know how it happened, but I kind of had the whole, I, you know, trajectory for how I thought it would happen. And then this piece just, like, broke that because I couldn't predict how this was going to work or... Um, and so then this, that's been true of all the work in this kind of 
series, like this performance itself was not, like I, I specced this installation before I knew what the performance was. I just like tried to make a space that I could do something in. Um, and so it really felt a little bit out of my hands. Like I'm just like trying to put things together that are, seem somewhat coherent instead of just like totally uh, crazy. <laughs> So yeah, maybe I think I mean I could imagine future versions where maybe the pandemic feels less uh, present and it makes more sense to to remove some of those aspects of it, or maybe this is just a piece for right now. I I don't know yet. Hi Lauren. Um, yeah, I wanted to well first of all thank you for that extraordinary performance. It was really amazing. Um, and you were just starting to talk about this the space here, so I wanted to. Um, ask about the kind of dramatic staging of this performance and um, the kind of assemblage of screens and lights and the way that you um, almost sort of perform the smart home, you know, by switching them on and off in a very choreographic way. Um, and, and what it meant to you to construct an environment like this for the surrogate work to be performed in. Um, yeah, I guess I'm really interested in uh, that, that like blur between performance and real life or non-performance. Um, and so I'm always really interested in sets uh, or any, yeah, things that kind of blur that space. So I guess that was the, the starting point of thinking of it as a bit of a set, even if I didn't know what the performance was going to be. And then when I'm thinking about performance, again, it's like uh, less about theatrics and more about a situation. So I was kind of thinking of it like an obstacle course that I'm just trying to <laughs> get through. Um, and then we're all in this situation together, so we have to kind of like move ourselves around and sometimes we can't see or, you know, it's uncomfortable or whatever. Um, so that's, that was sort of the thinking behind it. Um, the, you know, some of the framework here is like literally thinking about this kind of like fragile framework, especially during the pandemic of like, is this a cage or a box that I can't leave? Is it actually gonna keep me safe? Um, how much of it is just like in my mind, this like structure that I'm building? Uh, and then trying to make a space, I guess, that people could experience the work even if I'm not performing it. So trying to make something where people felt like they could hang out and sit down and spend time with it rather than just kind of like looking at something on a wall. But yeah, this was the, I haven't done a, I've done a version of this performance where it's more like on a stage or sitting at a desk. And so this was an experiment. I don't see any more hands, but I might, I don't want to ask any more questions. <laughs> I might just leave a statement um, maybe that one of the great things I think about seeing you navigate this space and it's something that comes up in each of your work is how it demonstrates the different kinds of work and labour that go into all our systems of control and surveillance um, but also in terms of reproductive labours um, and that this is often work done by marginalised people and this is often work that is not properly valued in our society um, and therefore we presume that we can 
outsource it to a system, a machine, because it's just a simple case of if this, then that. So what your work does is show the necessity of care and consideration and intimacy. Uh, and I guess I can wrap us up this evening by saying I think we all, in Dorothy's words, feel rearranged by this experience and I'm very thankful. Well done. Thank you, Lauren. This is amazing work. Thank you for this talk.